Hey everybody, you're listening to the High Sessions Away podcast, where we talk about everything local and beyond. I'm John Yamasato, your host, and joining me today is Mr. Kyle Shibabukuro. How's it? And Devin Nikoba. What's up? Uh, before we begin, let me remind our listeners of all the ways they can stay in touch with the podcast. There is Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all at High Sessions. And we're actually going to be posting reels now. Of Who's going to do that? It's going to be a combo between you and I, Kyle. <laughs> I have? Okay. Yeah. Remember, remember, I gave you a... Oh, you're just going to mark the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're going to do the reels. Yeah, I'll do the reels. Okay. Right. Usually okay. we work these things out before we start <laughs> the pod, but... Uh, this is real. This is uh, real time. Yeah. Okay. Okay. You can go to... Uh, wait. Oh, SoundCloud, YouTube, and Apple Podcasts to listen to the podcast, and you can find us at highsessionsyahoo.com. Of course, you can go to Patreon, donate to the show. There you'll be more involved. Um, we have announcements coming up of shoots coming up. Which are pretty, pretty good, pretty good. So I'll, I'll kind of tease that. We don't have any new patrons this week, but um, oh, come on, but it's people. cool. Like Can to thank. Let us know. Like, give us a hint. Oh, we might have some reunion stuff. Oh. So these are bands that are pretty, pretty big, but they're gonna get back together to do a shoot. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Can yeah. we come? Of course. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So, uh, <clears throat> and you can only hear about it on. I, I announced it on the Patreon site. So th- those are the only people who can come to the shoots. Okay. And you're, you're a patron, so Devin can't come. Devin can't come, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, okay, thank you to Kupu Kupu Landscaping, Landscape Architects. They were just here, in fact. Call Kevin Yokomura, 808-722-8685 for a free estimate. Although, Kevin said he's booked out like months now. Good for that's him. So he's like Good. super busy, so Good. that's great. Congrats. Awesome. Yeah. yeah, congrats, man. Um, and I have, a, I, have a, I have to admit something. I have a confession to you guys. Okay. So yes, uh, he gave you cookies or f- no 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 no. Yesterday I was here. <laughs> I was here hanging out and doing some stuff, and I ate a poke bowl. Oh, and without us, I bad really John. No, because we're bad on. John. Kyle oh, and yeah, I kind yeah, of been trying to like yeah. yeah, been trying to not eat fish, but I couldn't handle it anymore. I had every to once in a while you can just. I think it's okay. Fish right? is healthy. Yeah, it is okay. Yeah. Right? Well, unless uh, you eat it in the uh, amounts that apparently <laughs> Kyle does, because then you just become a big thing of mercury. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. So I broke down yesterday and I got myself a poke bowl. I ate an omakase the other night. You did? Yeah. What yeah. the hell? We gotta live life, I man. I know, I know, I know. <laughs> Mercury's mercury. But I will say that uh, today from Ford Luger Market, I had the pork asantis. Yes. Which is really good. That's kind of my new, I think, my go to thing. Oh, yeah. How'd you like the. Rugalicious Poke Bowl, Toma. Oh, it was delicious. Yeah. Yeah, okay, yeah I had some of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, I had the spicy salmon, too. That one mm. was good. Oh, yeah. That was good. Yeah. yeah. Healthy. Oh, healthy. Yeah. healthy. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not like Kyle. I, I'm not a work, walking thermometer. Put <laughs> <laughs> my finger in your mouth and tell you your temperature. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay, you can find Devin at Kumu94.7. You can find Kyle at HighlightClothing.com. Now, we'd like to introduce our esteemed guest, Mr. Toma Turner. Aloha. Toma is e- the owner and operator of This Little Piggy, which is a, uh, what do we call it, uh, a smoked meat joint? It's kind of like a, a fusion between local barbecue and smokehouse barbecue from the mainland. Yeah, so yeah, southern yeah. style. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah okay. Because so there's a story behind that, which we'll get into. But Toma is like uh, one of these guys, Renaissance man. He's done his life has gone full circle from like really local boy to living in Las Vegas to coming back and doing the food thing and 
being in the entertainment business and all that stuff. So, I mean, there's a lot that we can cover in this uh, 50 minutes, I guess, that we have with him. But um, let's start from the beginning. You, you, I did not know this because I met you when we were very young. We were still in yeah. high school and stuff, yeah. but you were already here. But you were on the big island here, the big island in the back, it, it, just in your younger life, huh? Yeah, yeah. You know, raised here when I was real young. And then uh, my mother and I went to the big island for second, third grade. Spent some years out there and then uh, had oh, the where, opportunity where to come back. Where on the big island? Oh, we're in Kona and Waimea. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay. Yeah. Nice. So, Waimea back then was not Waimea now, right? It was, must no. have been pretty ru- rural. Yeah, it was very like country and it was freezing. Like, yeah, very, yeah, like, yeah. Oh, it's still like, freezing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, yeah. That part has not changed. Yeah. yeah, that part has not changed. Yeah, and Kona, like the old airport, I mean, we just r- you ride your bicycle for miles. I mean, that's where I got yeah, into riding yeah. bicycle. Um, it, it was awesome. I mean, it was just, you leave your house at like 6 a.m. and you just make sure you're home by 6 p.m. Mm. Yeah, all kinds of good fun, you know, and it was safe, safe back then. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Nobody had to worry about anything, right? You pass out on the side of the road, heat stroke, <laughs> the cops knew who you were, and take you back to your house, right? <laughs> like, that, that's how Kona was back then. Yeah, it was awesome. Yeah, Tighten it. Yeah, it was great. And yeah. then, then what, when did you get to back to Oahu? Uh, I came back in fourth grade. Uh, okay, came to live okay. with my grandmother. Grandmother raised me from then. Yeah, so um, we'll get into to your life after high school, but... Yeah, so we met when we were in high school, and yep. I just remember Thomas, the guy that um, you worked at McDonald's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, we would like hang out till ten o'clock when they close, and be like, "Oh, let's go check out Thomas." And then you'd come out the back with all the leftover food. Yeah, we'd sit there and eat cheeseburgers and fries. And oh yeah, uh, times just simple back then. You know, that was, Wait, a, how that was did, a good day. How did you meet him though? Because he was a Punahou boy. Yeah, and you were a Kaiser, Kaiser. boy. I I had we had some kind of mutual friends either Ryan Wong or yeah yeah I paddle with Ryan and Todd Wong they were twins Rob yeah. Griffin yeah yeah that must have been it yeah I did um this one I, I don't know if they called it a career day or switch day but you could go check out another school for the day so yeah. I came to Kaiser I met all these people Chris Higa oh yeah yeah and he just introduced me to a bunch of guys and I paddle with a lot of them mm-hmm. right during regatta season so yeah wait 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 you you went on an exchange thing. To a school from Ponoho to Kaiser. I went from Ponoho to Kaiser. Not, not, not to meet chicks, but so that you could, because, I mean, really. I just wanted to see how others, you know, how wow. other schools were. Yeah, yeah. I went to Milani <laughs> another year. What are public yeah. school kids no, like? No, no, it's just a lot of friends went there. You're like, hey, I want to see yeah. what their school's about, right? I'm just, I'm impressed. Yeah, yeah. Because, you know, when, when we were doing exchange, it was, which, I mean, I went on exchange to like St. Andrews Priory. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. I was like, I'm not wasting this opportunity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I was just like, oh wow, you actually went to Kaiser. Okay. Yeah, I would be I, Kaiser or I went yeah, to I went to Roosevelt yeah, on yeah. an exchange one day. Yeah, yeah. And I thought, wow, this school is pretty, pretty rough, man. It's <laughs> yeah. kind of scary. Yeah, you never go pro city when we were there. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I can yeah. imagine. Yeah, it was like scared straight over there. <laughs> <laughs> But other really rough kids was all small Japanese guys. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, I think yeah, you'd be really yeah. that worried. Yeah. But okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So 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 we met back then, but then yeah. So I, I we kind of lose touch because we mm-hmm. both go to college or go, or go our separate ways or whatever. And the next thing I hear is like, oh, do you know Thomas a DJ in Las Vegas? And I'm like, oh, I didn't even know he was into music or whatever. But how yeah. did that come about? Um, you know, and I always had music background. I did classical, piano, uh, string bass. 
Um, I got to travel a little bit. We went to Carnegie Hall, performed there oh. with, with the orchestra, Puno Orchestra. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Um, and then after I graduated, the school that I went to literally got rid of their um, symphony program the, fr- the freshman year I was there. So I came back and I was like, okay, hey, reassess. And I started getting into like hip hop music, you know, dancing in uh, high school dances and stuff like that. Wow, and that is a uh, quite a change. Yeah, I went from hula and Hawaiian and classical straight to like hip hop. And I was like, <laughs> this music is amazing. <laughs> and I can swear in this stuff. Yeah, and, uh, and it was good, right? It was just good to dance and kind of feel it. And yeah. so I, in college, I started doing parties, but everybody would bring their CDs because we didn't have turntables. Yeah. So uh-huh. we hook up two CDs and I'd play a song, then play another song, then play another song and try and match the beats. Did, was there a mixer in, the, in between that two CDs? No, it was just like the old school receiver where you just you know go back and <laughs> forth between like DVD and you know That's CD how player. How to blend in the yeah, yeah, yeah. So I had I, I would pr- I would practice with the CDs knowing the intros. Mm. That's and great. then yeah, then I came back to Hawaii. I mean, came back to Oahu, and uh, finally got turntables. Started buying records. Got oh. introduced to a lot of the DJs around. Um, and just started carrying records, practicing, you know, on the back end, going out, listening to them. And I just, I had great mentors. Who was, uh, uh, who were some of your mentors? For? Some of the first guys was Cool E, uh, <laughs> Cutmaster Spaz. Mm-hmm. We would like sell their mixtapes at uh, yeah. the Swap Meet. Mm-hmm. Um, who else? Uh, uh, James Cole, K-Smooth, uh, Richie Aki. Uh, cool. I, I mean, just all those guys, man. They're all great. They're all great guys learning from them. It's funny because I worked with all of those guys. Every <laughs> single one of those guys you mentioned, yeah. I'm like, oh, yeah. In fact, uh, Cooley I think I have and K-Smooth both work at the station I'm at. I have a couple mixed CDs from you, I think, back in the day. You oh, yeah? You used to make mixed CDs. Yeah, that's where I learned. I learned. Yeah. I was selling those guys' mixes, and I yeah. would listen to them. I'm like, I could do this. Yeah. I could mm. do this. And I, I, my first one was Urban Sampler 3. And I, I went by DJT2 back why, then. Why not Urban Sampler 1? Because uh, the other two other different DJs had made oh, Urban Sampler oh, 1 and 2. Oh, I see. So it was my turn, right, to do I Urban see. Sampler 3. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And I did this uh, remix on it on the fly, and everybody loved it. Yeah. yeah. We, we used to play at a booty groove in the, in the store. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. wait, wait. Hold on. I have a technical question. So say you're doing... Uh, Let's get it started, MC Hammer, okay? Mm-hmm. I'm dating myself, but that's the only thing. Oh my gosh, do. dude, you went way back. Yeah, okay. go way back. Okay. I thought you were going to say Black Eyed Peas. I know. You're going to do a, a quote-unquote remix of it, mm-hmm. right? Back then, how, how do you get the, the minus one track? Or are you just remixing over the existing track? So you on some of the records, there would be the acapella, instrumental... And then you have the clean and dirty. So you could build the track or build instrumentals underneath it or build a whole new instrumental. So they sold that back then? Yeah. 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 Wow. Wait, can you explain what that is? Okay, yeah, I, I should. So so a minus one is referred to in the businesses. It's all the instrumentation without the vocal. So, I mean, and right? you can minus out the tracks too? Like No, no, oh, no, no, you can't. There's no so, stands so unless you have the master recording, you cannot take out... Drums you know, or bass. Yeah, so, so you would have to have like... so. Whenever I would hear it on the radio, I'm like, how are they doing this? Because it would have the vocal and then, but different beats underneath, but they would Absolutely. somehow have, have it somewhere. It would have it on the, on the singles. Yeah. It'd be oh. like the clean, dirty, instrumental acapella. And oh. then you would turn it over and it might be a couple of remixes that have already been done. Or maybe, you know, the B-side, another song with the same thing. So a lot of the promos that we get from the radio 
for sure. I mean, you would want to get on the radio because you could get those promos with mm-hmm. instrumentals, acapellas. A lot of them they oh, sold. Oh, that's was why just the radio. Ah. Except well, when I was in radio, I worked at FM 100, so we didn't have that. It was just oh. it was you were you just got uh, Fiji albums and you know yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. That's yeah. how you guys because I was always like, how do they get the the minus track with the just the vocal because that's the yeah. only way you can do it without having the underneath the, the well, there's original. a whole there's a whole subculture to djing that people don't even really know like there's the if you were a professional dj you have access like cool he has access to stuff that nobody else gets because it's a it's specifically for djs it's specifically because you're gonna go work at a club so mm-hmm. here's a 12 inch that has just this song with uh, the vocals taken out here's one with just, with the, just vocals. the vocal yeah and then you know then they take it and they mix it but the guys who are who've been doing it for a while and that's why for you to get the the tutoring under the old school guys was perfect because you got to be able to hear it's not just listening to the music not a the sorry i'm dating myself too but like the kids <laughs> they just played a song and they don't even think about anything about it or they they just you know what i mean there's no mm. there's no art to it whereas when they were coming up you had to learn how to match the beats like they can if you watch like well, now the even, ai will figure it out for you yeah no yeah. you watch you watch these guys and like they they get so good he knows probably every single song in his library from beat to how it starts to where it ends to where the best part but is to jump in with those type chart. of djs still exist though yeah, so here's a perfect example. Like, let's get it started. It's like 113, 114 beats per minute. <laughs> it's a four, four beats and then a 32. And that's the MC Hammer version. If you want to go the Black Eyed Peas version, it's a vocal oh, intro. Yeah, and then it goes a 16, a 18, and then a 16 that you would mix Bars. in. And it's just a bass line. I can tell you that for every single song. That's freaking nuts. Dude, it's crazy then, yeah. watching them do Well, this is not even talking about the arsenal you brought back when you went to Vegas now. Yep. Yeah, because whole different you probably animal. took it to another level bringing it home now. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Damn. Plus, I mean, you're you're in a club, and when you're spinning for a club, it's different from when you're you know making your your mix or whatever. Yeah, so yeah. it's but it's cool. It's it's neat. I had so, no idea that uh, you were bringing in somebody with that much DJ knowledge because I'm like, <laughs> oh, we're gonna we would sit here and just talk yeah. about that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. I heard your, I heard your mixes, and I you know I know you did like clubs and stuff, but did you do raves and stuff too? Where like yeah. where you'd shoot cannons and all that stuff, all of that. fly it on and the strobe lights and yeah. like the yeah. Steve Aoki kind of things. Yeah, did all of that. I mean, I, Vegas was a good opportunity to meet a lot of the celebrities. I mean, everyone from Busta Rhymes and Britney and Justin Timberlake and Mariah Carey. They, they could be all in the same club at the same night. You know, I mean, ah. it, it was, and that would just be, could be a Tuesday industry night, right? And then you have Friday and Saturday. There's concerts in town. I mean, it was consistent like that through the years so yeah. is it is it like a musician where okay you, well okay so what, you, you learn with spaz and all those guys mm-hmm. here and then you 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 decide to move to las vegas opportunity came up i went with this guy john kamaheli and okay. we both moved up to vegas together and that was kind of the stepping stone i was like you know what if we go up there it doesn't work out i can always come back home right there's mm-hmm. always an opportunity i'm like let's go try it mm. right um i was young um, just turned 22 i was like yes i can do this and i went there and literally we're making six dollars and fifty cents an hour like no idea what <laughs> we're doing getting ourselves into what you just have the dream right yeah. you have the dream you have the drive you have the passion it'll come plus the It'll connections come. you made up there must have been it was amazing yeah 
I got to travel, got to play all over, um, go to different continents. It, it was a yeah, it was a great experience. Does that rock star lifestyle burn you out after a while? I don't think it burns you out because the passion wait, wait, wait. is always we, there we, for we the music. We didn't yeah. get there yet. So you, you, you go with John, mm -hmm. and then you just start. So is it like, like a musician? Like you play some clubs, small clubs, and then you do well so then a bigger club asks you to play and then you you just keep meeting people and you start playing different things and build your is that how it works or is it more like um you just you go on auditions and it, you, it's a little bit of both okay all right okay yeah. so, so when we started there weren't a lot of nightclubs right there was i think like three or four right so the the town was very tight yeah, we're talking 20 20 something years ago yeah, yeah. It was very tight knit. You know, of course, you fast forward to I think like 2007 or 2008, I think there was like 30 spots, mm. right? So by the time all of those people that had started at those first three, four, five, we're kind of all veterans and we all knew each other, the bar managers, the managers, the marketing team, who were the DJs and things like that. There was no groups yet. It was just, you know, people would come over and be like, hey, we want you to head up this new place that we're going to open. And that's kind of how you would switch from place to place. As a DJ, is that the best place to go? <clears throat> Vegas or is it LA? I would say LA gives you a lot more opportunities for smaller places because there's so many places. Vegas is a hard market to break into, but once you've done it, you're in, mm -hmm. right? And a lot of people want to break into that market, but sometimes are unwilling to put forth um, the years that it takes. Yeah. I would take right? any gig in Vegas is money compared to any gig in LA, right? I think the money has changed a little bit over the years. Um, when they had celebrity DJs come in and when there was a switch over to digital format, a lot of DJs are up and coming. I'm not saying everyone, but some guys would just go and write down the playlist and then go to the manager and be like, yeah, I can play the same songs that he did and you can mm. pay me less. Right. You guys want to save money. Mm. So some of that went around for a while, too, but kind of squashed that out. And it really when it comes down to it, if you can rock a crowd, doesn't matter what equipment you're using. That's really all that matters. That's, I right? think that's the part that people don't realize how much power the DJ has when they do their thing. Because when like I, I was watching Cool or those guys do their work, the good DJs like uh, even Osna, they'll they will know how to get the crowd on there. Mm -hmm. And then the interesting thing is if you're a lay person who doesn't go to clubs that much or if you're the person who just goes to the club, right? You'll sit there and go, hey, wow, you just played this really shitty song and all of a sudden everybody left the dance floor. And the thing is, a lot of times yeah. that's by design yeah. Yeah. because they're like, if you don't send people away from the dance floor, then they don't go drink. So clear the dance floor yeah. and then bring them back together. And then and you watch, and as you watch throughout the night, when I used to uh, have to MC at, at Rumors, it was fantastic because uh, um, I'd watch Dogfather, um, Marcus, uh, do it a lot where yeah. he would just go, okay, time to clear the dance floor. And bang, you put on a song and all of a sudden everybody clears. What is the song you played to clear the dance floor? Hmm. I would usually go into like some alternative songs, you know, that's still that still danceable. Dance. Oh, okay. Yeah. You know, that you'd still dance. But you I see like like twenty guys still on the floor. Yeah, they yeah, dance yeah. A little bit with you know, their but, like, yeah. but some guys are like, <laughs> Nickelback. Oh, or this something? is not hip hop. <laughs> this is not house. Yeah. I'll be right back. But you in Vegas you slap some call upon or something yeah. like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But okay, it's cool like, to it's cool to watch them because you have to have a really good sense of the pulse of the crowd. 
and you you know okay these guys are a lot more into hip-hop these guys are a little bit more into alternative stuff mm-hmm. or whatever and then you it's fascinating to watch them just sort of okay we'll go do this song they bring up the beats they bring up the they bring up the crowd they make them all sweaty and then they go okay yeah. bring them down a little bit it's so it's amazing to watch i appreciate what you guys used to do with the turntables and the mixer and mm-hmm. figuring out finished you know knowing all the beats of each you know 12 inch track nowadays it seems like these DJs, they're there to perform as a rock star with all the lighting and stuff. But they don't really do nothing but press a button, right, and play. There are some guys, I mean, I'm not going to say uh, specific names, but some guys do have pre-recorded mix sets. Yeah. Right, especially if they're playing for, you know, big, uh, a big festival or something yeah. like that. They want to make sure that every song, you know, it's almost like a show, just like, a, you know, a band goes out, rock band goes out. They know, hey, this is our set lineup. We're gonna peek in the front, you know, front. We're gonna kind of come down in the middle, you know, get a soulful with the crowd, and then have a nice strong finish. Like they'll build their sets like that. Some guys go on the fly, and I've always felt the guys that go on the fly can read the crowd and feed off the crowd, because the crowd. This is what the DJ is there for. Yeah, we're there for the people dancing, right? It's always been like that, and if you forget that, you know, then the crowd sometimes they don't really have a great time. You see those guys jumping around. I'm sure maybe like the front is all into it, but you see some guys in the back like, couldn't <laughs> 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 you know? Like yeah, yeah. you gotta. You, that, that's a uh, that's and that's another reason why you get people on and off the dance floor. Yeah. It gets people to move around and introduce themselves to other people. I mean, that's that's the reason why it was created back in the day. Oh, okay. It's it's fast. You can sit there and talk to a DJ on like the, the old school guys. You can talk to them for ages about their own personal technique for how this happens and how that happens and how you move people on. And when you watch it, I'm like, wow, yeah, holy shit. It's actually, you know, and they can, they can almost call it out. Like, okay, now is this time for this to happen? Okay, got to have this happen. Okay, we got to build this in. And then you always have the people come up to the DJ booth and go, can you play some, uh, <laughs> some Ricky Martin, please? <laughs> you're like, oh, shit. Okay. Uh, here, here's a little hack for all the new guys. You got to give a hack out. So um, if you program your music around the 12 o'clock or 12.30 or 1 o'clock bump, it'll help keep people in your club instead of like, let's say everybody stays there till 12 and they're like, hey, we're going to go to the next spot. You know, they usually uh, leave around 11.50, you know, 11.55, 12. They're like, let's go grab that last drink and they'll bounce. Cause, yeah, because that's the... Yeah. That's enough time to go to one more spot. You can go to one more spot, which closes at two, right? Yeah. <laughs> so if you're a good DJ, you know that right around 11.50, you'll build through that 12 o'clock and keep people there until 12.15. And then those people that would have left will stay at your spot. The huh. management loves you. Therefore, yeah. you oh, yeah. back the next yeah. week, right? Yeah. yeah. And it that's, that's the thing the with the young guys and the, the older guys. The older guys understand that they build that in. Whereas the younger guys just start throwing bangers out there, or, you know, do yeah, whatever, yeah, and then yeah. they're like, "Oh, why are everybody leaving? Where yeah. are they going?" Yeah. So the old guys or the the old school guys, they get the gigs. Is the newer guys scratching and all that kind of stuff too? now? yeah, there's some new guys, but there's a lot more than just scratching. They got sampling and yeah, things like okay. that, where they can do tone plays or uh, you know go from certain melodies. Oh yeah, into like other uh, songs. you know, Mark Reblays. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, he does. All, I mean, he's. Uh, live impromptu kind of thing but yeah he does the voice changing and stuff and yeah or guys yeah. do um mixing with videos for mm-hmm. a while there and you're yeah, like yeah. wow yeah. how the hell i yeah. that one i never understood i don't know how the hell you do that yeah. okay okay what is the I, I just had this thought because um i was in whittier once 
Mm-hmm. And um, we Wait, had Whittier College in, in the town of Whittier. Yeah, oh, where okay. Whittier College is. Yeah, and we played this gig, and of course we're getting <clears throat> back to the hotel at like one a.m. Right, because we did our show, we had to do you know sign stuff and then pack stuff up, and it's late, right? Everything's mm. closed because Whittier's not a, a pump in town. You know, no. it's kind of a, <laughs> out of the way, and we're at the Double Tree Hotel. Ooh, there we go. And it was uh, free taco night. There you go. At one o'clock in the morning. At one o'clock in the morning, and they had a DJ playing in the ballroom of this Double Tree Hotel for free taco night on like a Tuesday or Sunday or something. And it was like the weirdest motley crew of characters you'd ever see. Because yeah. these are people who came to Whittier at 1 a.m. to dance and eat free tacos. And I just thought, this is an odd like gig for a DJ, right? Know your market. So, so, we're, so, we're so, <laughs> so what, what, what is your like, oh, yeah, I was in, I was in Reseda. And, there's, you know, like, do you have one of those kind of, kind of stories? Ooh. One where it was just odd. Um, I'd say I played in uh, at, at Atlantis, oh, at, wow. at Atlantis in uh, the Bahamas. Whoa. Okay, oh. and that one like you went down and you met all the local people. You're like, oh, they love reggae, and they you know they love like underground reggae. I was like, oh, from where I got this? Uh-huh. Show for the gig. It's like. All tourists. All tourists, East Coast people. <laughs> and I was like playing some stuff and I'm like, hey, and they're like, they're telling me like, oh yeah, hip hop does real great over here. Play a couple of hip hop songs. It's not working. And I'm like, so I play, started playing some house and I started playing like house versions of like reggae songs and then it starts working. Right. And then you kind of like go off of it and then I'm playing like alternative and they're loving it. And you're like, okay, whatever that, you know, I thought I was supposed to do, <laughs> uh-huh. that's not working. Like, you got to be able to switch it up. So you bring a little of everything <clears throat> everywhere you go then. I try. I do like, I do like open format. And how yeah. many cases of albums is that? Like, Ooh. Like, if, uh, yes, if you're going you down just... to Atlantis in the Bahamas, are you traveling with like a U-Haul? Yeah. <laughs> no, no uh, back then, I mean, we had our crates. So I yeah. had eight crates. That oh, I would take. God. Yeah. It's a lot of crates. About like 70, 80 pounds. Yeah. yeah. Dang. So you have flight cases, right? And they pay for everything, right, when you travel. Yeah. So I think that was, we were we were lucky for that. But nowadays, everybody just got a computer. You're like, yep. Yeah. Yep. Bust out your hard drive. Were you going to um, bust out the Jawaiian music to just kind of trip them all out? <laughs> that reggae would be something. Nobody would uh, would have known a, a single song. Yeah. But if you did some like, underground reggae like i remember i played like some 70s reggae some 90s they kind of like that because you know that generation gap and then i played some new stuff and this is probably hmm oh nine maybe oh eight or oh nine yeah that, that, that was a that was a interesting one and that was the other cool thing about being a dj is they got a chance to crack the records before anybody else so you'd hear something in a club and go oh what is that yeah, yeah. right mm. like i mean they used to i mean this were richie when he was working at uh, I ninety four, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, he broke uh, Casey and JoJo, I think. Actually, yeah. wrote a, a couple other acts before people even knew who the hell these guys were. Because and that was you'd hear them and go, "Oh, that's good. I like that." And that's where the disc jockey, right? You jockey yeah. a disc, you jockey yeah. the record into you know into format, yeah. and that was part of the responsibility with DJs. You had to listen to this new record and say, "How am I going to you know enter this into my night?" 
right? Where people will like the song, and then that's how they find out about all these great artists mm, that yeah. come out. Now it's oh Spotify, oh I heard it already, heard it already, and then you go to the club and like oh yeah, I, I know all the songs to the. I mean, I know all the lyrics to the song already. Or now it's like they um, because a lot of the songs come up on TikTok. Mm-hmm. They're songs from other songs. Yeah, like that uh, mm. Boothang song, mm-hmm. right? Uh, I'm like, oh yeah, emotions. Oh wait, no, not emotions. Oh wait, everybody loves the song. Oh wait, it's only a minute and thirty-five seconds long. Yeah. What the hell kind of song is this? And it's because they they just take the hook of the song, they pull it out, they uh, put stuff on it, and then they just send it back. Yeah, because the the um, timeline that the kids. Yeah, the kid, they just they uh, shorter. Yeah, yeah, someone was saying they just they don't have the the bandwidth to listen to a song all the way through and go oh look a hook oh look listen the bridge but you know they don't give a shit about any of that stuff i have a question before we pivot into your next career that yeah, yeah. Do, yeah, yeah yeah but um you know Devin is a radio dj yeah you're a club dj mm-hmm. what is what is the correct definition for it is it mc and disc jockey or what is the right correct i think i think disc jockey came for the dj side because we would actually uh, have the records and this is more maybe in like the 80s 90s I think coming out of there right and before that the term was actually coined I think don't get me wrong I think it was in the f- late 40s or maybe early 50s where the first guys to get a record were the guys on the radio mm-hmm. you okay. know and they they were the original DJs because they're the ones that would play these records like Elvis or whatever yeah. it was back then right the Beatles things like that they would jockey those things into rotation but now the DJ comes with it, right? Like DJ so-and-so. Because now the focus is really on the DJ as the entertainer. But yet, if you go around, a lot more people listen to syndicated radio shows, right? You so know, so like it's way radio DJ and club DJ? Or what yeah. is the definition for yeah, that? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, they're both DJs. It's just that uh, mm. uh, if you put me in a club, the club would empty very quickly because I wouldn't know what the hell I was doing. <laughs> I mean, because... I was gonna, I was gonna mention no diggity, but I because I I did a gig uh, fairly recently where um, I I was standing, I was getting ready, and they're like, okay, Dev, you can you can relax because uh, we're gonna have a DJ, and I went, oh, okay, cool, and so I'm looking around for the guy, and his deck because as a person who knows DJs, I'm like, okay, where's his stuff, and the guy goes, oh no no no, I just gonna, um, I just gonna play music off my iPhone, I went. What? Yeah. He goes, yeah. I go, you don't have a mixer. You're just going to play songs? He goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I went, oh, shit. So I, I had to tell them, you know what? You, you can go home. Just play them. <laughs> just, just, let me, just let me plug into what you're doing. Oh. And I'll play stuff. And I called Cool. Yeah. Uh, I called Kui and I go, Cool. I'm about to do this thing. And I have to, I have to DJ for these people. And you got to help me. Yeah. And like in five minutes, 30 what? songs, bang, 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 yeah, bang. Yeah. Play oh, this, really? play this, play this, play yeah. this. No, I'm not even joking. And I went, wow. okay. And I hit it. One, two, three. I just went straight down the line of the songs. Would that you, you just go iTunes me. and go, I'm going to play this next, play this next. Well, that's the thing. You When you're when you're DJing as as a professional DJ does, right? Like I said, it's, it's about moving the room. It's about understanding who yeah, you got. Yeah, yeah. So I had to actually explain to him. I'm at this thing. It's these kind of people. Mm-hmm. I played like I know from emceeing stuff that okay, if you got a bunch of people and you don't know who they are or you know you're not sure or you got a bunch of local people, you cannot go wrong with playing like Electric Slide, 
and right, 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 right. right? and uh, you, so um, and Cupid Shuffle like these five songs everybody plays and they all complain because they're like oh everybody plays that song but you know what there's it makes a, people dance why, they get yeah. on the dance floor yeah. right and everybody can do it and that's that was the key so so when cool. you what <laughs> no the part that was bad the part I felt bad about was uh, as a How as a dressed. professional well yeah that too. <laughs> but as as a professional right the idea would be to mix things even yeah. slightly and it wasn't that yeah. it was just bang into I the can, next song bang yeah. and even I was going oh yeah. oh it, yeah. was, <laughs> it was it was tough for me Devin the the DJ from Kuma became DJ Devin towards the end of the night. Yeah, get yeah, out of yeah. his Kahala shirt and yeah. But and but there was a the but there was there was a certain amount of um, uh, <clears throat> excitement and joy I got out of doing that because when you watch a crowd dancing to songs that you put out and you put together. I mean, granted, Cool was giving me this stuff, but when that happens, there's a there's a sense of power to it. And a sense of accomplishment because mm. look, you're, these people are enjoying themselves, and they have nothing. Well, it, they just dance. It it's is cool. a personal performance. It, it is, and if, if you want to get, I mean, deep, real, sec, real uh, specifically, the energy that you're putting into the record literally gets amplified, and it mm -hmm. creates energy in the crowd, and then that energy feeds back to you, and then you get energized because you want to keep that energy flowing, right? I mean, that's what it is. It, yeah. it comes down to. You having fun, you working hard, honing your craft, and then they have fun, and then they're having fun. Now you're having fun, right? And you're, and it just becomes fun. But you're at work. It's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> yeah. At the end, cool was like, that was cool, man. Yeah, because it was like he was remote DJing something. Because yeah. he, he he did not see the crowd. He he had to work specifically off what he knows about. That's gonna be another thing, remote what? DJing. That's probably it. Yeah. Probably oh, they did buy, it. Yeah, they did it during uh, can buy uh, your COVID with like uh, yeah. Twitch and all that. You're just yeah. gonna like yeah. plug. Oh, yeah, you're yeah. gonna set up your stuff, and yeah. you're just gonna be like, okay, DJ Toma, he, who's in uh, whatever, and then you're just gonna be. Yeah, and all the people were like coming in live. Like they had, yeah. I think the most recorded set I think was Armand Van Buren, or something like that. He just did a live set, and like, uh, like I don't know if a million or I don't know the numbers, but all these people just turned in because everybody's at home. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, and they want to listen to good music still, or, right? Um, that time we were on the ship, remember? And they had the silent disco, which yeah. is the thing they do now. What is that? Oh, uh, everybody, remember? Puts on everybody headphones. wears headphones. You never saw that. No. We we're on the ship. They had the they had the club thing, and they're like, okay. It's time for silent DJ, and everybody puts on headphones, and you see all these people dancing. Really? Yeah, and the DJ is working like four or five different groups of people. So yeah. there's like a there's like a country and western side. There's a house side. There's really? guys who are doing rock and roll. It's it's trippy, man. That's and cool. all these people, there's no there's no sound coming out of anywhere. But they're it's dancing. Just, yeah, and they're dancing. They're the headphones and get yeah. the lights still yet too, and yeah. everything. Like yeah. I could be listening to Hawaiian jamming out. You could be listening to rock. You could be listening to reggae. You could be listening to hip hop. And we're the all best like, are the guys that. <laughs> That, uh, <laughs> sing along, awesome. right? right? Yeah. It's a trip, man. But like, you know, if you're singing along, you're like, get on up. But you're like, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. What's this guy? What's wrong with this guy? <laughs> yeah. All right. Okay. Okay. Let's pivot because we, we uh, man, time is flying by so fast. Okay. So let's talk about something that's dear, near and dear to all of our hearts here, mm -hmm. which is smoked meat. <laughs> and uh, so you, you meet Erwin. Uh, Carnate, Carnate up yeah, in, he's a sushi chef up in Vegas. But you guys are all bo both local boys. Yeah, both local boys. Yeah, he's from Mililani. Uh, you know, I'm from Eastside, and we're up there. 
just local people getting together, right? We kind of always connected. We're always drawn, drawn to sure. each other. And it, it's as simple as this, and I've used this uh, analogy. If you go to a, a barbecue on the mainland, you expect hot dogs and hamburgers, right? right? If you get 20 local people together on a barbecue, you got shoyu chicken and kobe and kamaboko dip and mac salad and rice, right? Mm-hmm. So the local people, when they get together, everybody's like, oh, your guys' barbecues are great. Uh, like, can you invite me, right? So we, we get together and we just all cook, right? Cook, jump in the pool, cruise, enjoy our day off. So I linked up with Erwin. Small story. Sorry about that sidewinder story. But I think with Erwin and we're like, I was like, hey, I have the opportunity. I'm DJing these uh, um, uh, these Pure Aloha events. And oh, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And uh, with, uh, I forget, uh, there's two guys that were doing it. And great guys, they're like, hey, we don't want to do the poke booth anymore. You guys want to do it? And we're like, yeah. How hard could that be? (laughs) (laughs) So first time we did it, met with some friends. We're trying out recipes. And we're like, oh, we got this. No problem. We got destroyed. Like destroyed because it was a four-day event, right? Yeah. But we learned. We learned from that first time. And he was like, oh, you guys did great. But I felt like we could do better. So I was like, okay, we have six months to the next one. Let's get it. You know, And we just came up with better recipes and fast forward 10 years later i think we were doing like 1100 pounds of poke in four days Dang. we're doing i think uh like 400 got, pounds of shrimp this like, is in Chico vegas chicken. right yeah where'd you guys find your fresh fish and all that stuff uh, we would actually fresh, you do frozen yeah that, that's how they did it before but we would actually buy it from the block here and fly it up wow and cut it down like we're wow. the first ones to do it and I think now Paina Cafe does it, and mm. I think there might be some other ones. Mm. Um, shout out to Chef Ipono. I think I'm pretty sure he's using fresh fish. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, we were the first ones to do it on that scale. So when we, when we, every time we did the ninth aisle, like brought everybody would come, and that's where we broke out the smoked meat, and they're like, "Fucking smoked meat!" <laughs> 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 so, yeah, yeah, hit hit the. Hit the heart with the local people is good. Wow. Yeah. And you had a, did you open a restaurant there in Vegas too at one point? I didn't. I you didn't. didn't. Yeah. I DJed it a couple, um, but no. No, I didn't, didn't open one. I came home. Um, my, my grandmother and my mother were getting older. They needed attention. So kind of had to you know, close up shop in Vegas, came back home. And um, I tried to look for opportunities here. And Hawaii is a tough market. I'm not, not going to lie. Yeah. It's yeah. a very tough market for food. And I tried some smaller things. Um, nothing. It was catching on, but nothing that I could build at that time. Right. I don't know if I just didn't have the correct vision, but now I feel like I you know, went through some of those hardships and now we're, we're, we're locked in. Before Little Piggy started, I remember doing something with you before yeah. that too. Yeah. So we had uh, Diamond Head something. Diamond Head PP Kaula. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So that one. We're actually, it was going, it, it was good, but I didn't have anything to help me with the growth at mm. that time. Um, and eventually I had to s- start taking full-time care of my mom and grandma. Yeah. Mm. Um, but yeah, it was, it was right about that time. K&K Hawaiian Smoked Meats. Yes. We're working on that. We're yep. like, oh, this yep. is kind of a cool name. You know, yeah. we're just like, you know, having friends and doing parties and stuff like that. Like trying to get the word out there. Yeah. Um, nothing concrete though, but yeah. Yeah. So what is it about the particular way you guys smoke the meat? Because, I mean, you know, everybody goes, oh, smoke meat. Okay. Right? But yeah. they, but everybody's got their little thing. And I don't want you to give anyone any secrets or anything. But I, I do mean, it all the way. 
Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I ask people like to replicate it and I, um, yeah, I, I, I always share because I want people to become more knowledgeable. It's just a passion for music, right? Passion for art, passion for radio, right? Well, mm-hmm. the thing is uh, you, can't, you can't duplicate hustle, which is what I think Tomo has yeah. too, mm-hmm. you know? So it's one thing to make good food. A lot of people can make good food, right? But mm-hmm. then to package it, mass produce it, get it out to Promote people. Promote it, market it. Yeah, all yeah. that stuff. I mean, that's the, that's the thing that's hard. Yeah. I think it's hard and um, some of the processes that you learn after doing it for a long time, mm-hmm. you change and that makes it better. So when we started off, we started like everybody, backyard. Hey, I got this container, you know, let's try it yeah, out, Kyle, right? Kyle used to be like, bruh, Tomo, you smoke, smoke me because you guys lived near each other. Yeah, we yeah. lived like a block away. He's like, you smell it, you smell it. <laughs> so we used to years ago. the front yard and just go, Tomo making smoke me. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. And we we also order. Yeah. bring it to yeah. Super Bowl parties yeah. and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really good. <laughs> and uh, but but now I mean we have a commercial smoker. Um, the amount of days, the recipe. I mean we've we've honed in things to make it where it's it's super soft, super tender. You know we don't uh, deep fry it. You know there's certain things that we do, and I feel like we have a great product. The so. guava jelly was something that I never thought I would try. <clears throat> Yeah, p- people guava use guava jelly. jelly. Yeah, yeah. We saute it after we um, smoke it. We slice it up, then uh, we re-saute it with guava jelly and onions. It's kind of like wow, Big Island Kauai style, you know, whatever. Yeah. But usually they do it with. Um, it's more of a chunkier style. If I can look at mm-hmm. the camera, like that, chunkier that must style. Be like, like a that. nice sweet sour. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah. Not sweet sour, sweet salty, right? Yeah, because you have the, yep. the salt from the meat. It gives you that, you that like uh, umami, umami flavor. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, it's really good. Oh yeah. 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 Okay, I first he was telling me that, you know, like, here's, okay, here's your pan of smoked meat. I'll go, okay, here's some guava jelly. I go, oh, guava jelly. <laughs> like, put the guava jelly in. And then, uh, the first time I did it, I was too scared. And I would, like, ruin my smoked meat. Yeah, yeah. Because I'm a purist, right? I yeah, just, yeah. Like, the smoked meat. That's <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But then we tried. It was super good when yeah. you add that thing in. It just adds to the taste, man. Yeah. I, you know, you can try. I mean, you can use any kind of jelly, like, mm-hmm. if you want to alter the taste a little bit. But don't use anyone that has, like, a... Uh, like little seeds in it or anything ah. like, like don't yeah. use strawberry that would ruin <laughs> you know something like that right yeah, yeah. So. Hmm. well and then the other thing is so you have your 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 place out in Kualina yes and uh, that, Kunia. Oh, sorry, Kunia. Oh, yeah, Kunia. Yeah, sorry yeah Kunia and that's where the main you can buy but then you also do like catering and stuff right yeah we uh, so we linked up with Kohana Rum Distillers I'm super fortunate to have them um, they have this great space up in Kunia uh, we have a restaurant that's open Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. We do lunch. That's it. We pretty much go till we sell out four or five hours and we're done. Wow. Um, we want to serve the product fresh, right? Our brisket, the ribs, like all those things that we're making fresh, right? Um, and then we also do catering. We do these uh, Thanksgiving, like family specials, uh, Christmas, uh, Super Bowl, like July 4th. Like through the year, we have these special events. Some are whole groups of food so like the thanksgiving we did um whole turkey sliced turkey uh came with smoked gravy a ham with Ooh. uh pineapple chutney and jalapeno oh, we gotta get that next year yeah, yeah. we're ordering yeah. can we uh, can i put an order <laughs> for that next year? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah we're gonna pre-order it people loved it right they're yeah. like yeah. i don't have to cook yeah, yeah. yeah. Just, oh, it's beautiful it's yeah. awesome and it's it's hot and ready to go you and you can bring up my house right i don't even yeah yeah yeah. Okay. yeah 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 okay. can you bring <laughs> give me mine to Kyle's house too yeah 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 
Uh, so, uh, what is it? Uh, November 23rd, 2024, 60 orders can be picked up at yeah. Kyle's house. There you go. <laughs> I think I think it's east side. <laughs> Yeah, we had we had you guys do our our company Christmas the high sessions Christmas party. Yeah, that was yeah. Oh, no. so much food. There, yeah. We didn't even put a tent in that thing, and everyone was eating a lot. Yeah, they were so, pounding the meat. So when you talk yeah. about like the Kalua pig and how much you guys bring, it's like, it's yeah, it's it's a ton. We make we make sure it's worth it. We know local people. It's important from my background. You never want to run out of food mm. when you're doing, you know, doing a, a get together, a baby party, or something. So we understand it's important to have a good amount of food. We use all big containers. You know, we, we keep our price point that pe- that way people can afford and have a good party, right? So now your life is like what? Just hundred percent cooking or ninety percent cooking, ten percent DJing, or what is what is it like now? I do special events for the DJing. Like, uh, was it last week? I just did, um, they had a DJ contest, like spin it to win it. Mm -hmm. And I won that. Uh, I was pretty stoked. Shout out to Yui. Your set was awesome, by the way. (laughs) Um, uh, there's two other guys, LA and Vicio. Their sets were awesome. It was a local event. Yeah. Local event. They had it, um, uh, had some good, uh, guest DJ judges and stuff. I had had an international guy vice. So yeah, you know, I'll go out and I'll do an event like that. Or I did a private event. Um, sometimes I'll do some corporate stuff, fly to the mainland. Um, those are nice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But th- those are very far, far and few between. I, uh-huh. I'm more selective now. Uh, you know, my focus is on this little piggy. Did ever um, the two things collide where you did smoke meat DJing one night at a party <laughs> or anything DJing. like that? I, so I DJed a very close friend's party and I brought smoke meat. You know, for his birthday. So you know, so it's a, like that, right? You know how Steve yeah. Aoki throws a cake at people? Yeah. You just throw a cake at Pork leg. Hot sizzling smoke meat <laughs> in your face. Here you go. <laughs> <laughs> I got third degree burns. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, but, I have uh, to ask. Toma, is that your given name or is that Thomas uh, something? or nah, it's Toma. Toma. My, now my mom was... Uh, Dancing hula in Japan. Yeah. And she just be, loved the name. So when I talk to people on the phone, they're like, oh, Toma. Like, or like, they're like, oh, Toma-san. I'm like, hey, what's up? Hey, how are you doing? And then I show up and I'm like a six-foot, like, Hapa Hawaiian guy. <laughs> yeah. And they're like, Toma? <laughs> yeah, I was like, hey, what's up, man? How are you doing? Yeah. So, oh, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. So classes at, uh, yeah. Your classes when you were a little kid must have been interesting, Toma. Yeah, yeah. Here. <laughs> I, had a, I had a couple guys in my classes that had the last name Toma. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, so yeah. I've heard a lot cool. of last, to- last name Tomas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're the yeah. only Toma that I know first name Toma. Yeah. <laughs> okay, and then lastly, we, we, because we're, we're getting tight on time. Oh, wow. So the paddling thing. Mm-hmm. So you've been paddling since you were really young, canoe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, been doing it so long, you're actually fixing and repairing building canoes now. Yeah, when I when I came back, I was like, I'm in Hawaii. I gotta do a water sport, right? Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. we're so blessed to have you know the ocean around us, and we've always been connected to the water growing up. And uh, I love paddling, so I started getting into paddling. Maybe after about four or five years, started getting into the equipment side, and I was like, I love working with wood. I love being in the ocean. Like this is like perfect. And I got the opportunity to start working with the Koa Canoes. And I, um, of course, with a master builder, built my first six-man Koa Canoe. Wow. Um, it was between, before COVID and then through 2020. 
yeah and it were it was it was a special time so now that's my focus doing equipment and working on coke that must have been an amazing experience um paddling out in your own canoe for the first time it was yeah, yeah it was where'd you oh, guys so do it Mauna Loa Bay Mauna Loa Bay yeah we, we did um we did the water lining in Kehi but then we paddled out to make sure the rigging was good and then yeah we raced in Kehi raced it in Waimanalo oh wow um, oh. out in Kanayo uh, Marine Corps Base Nanakuli what canoe club was this? for Huinalu Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, Huinalo. Oh, was, Huinalo is old school, man. Yeah. Yeah. Duke yeah. Kanomoku started it. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Feel blessed with that. Yeah. yeah it's it's one thing that you can give back that will outlive you, right? Can People I, yeah. for generations to come will be able to enjoy. What's the name enjoy. of the boat on the canoe? Uh, that one was Ine. 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 What does that mean? Um, Ine was um, the name of one of the guys in the 50s that was one of the... Help. Um, the club was kind of like on a on a down slope, I think, and uh, he really helped, like, you know, bustle bustle the club up, fundraise, and kind of get it going again. Yeah. So, I, I enjoy paddling, members. but um, you guys are pretty serious out there, and so like uh, you know, <laughs> I I've always wanted to go, but my schedule's so like all over the place. Yeah. I I can't yeah. commit, and I just don't want to disappoint everybody, right? Because you guys are out there almost every day when season's in. When season's in, I mean, we're, we're definitely training three days a week. And then as we get into distance, it goes up, you know, four or five. Oh, so you paddle distance too? Uh, yeah. Distance oh, is fun. I feel that's the best part. You know, yeah, surfing on waves and yeah, going true. island to island yeah. or like Hoikai to Nanakuli. Like, those are great races. No. I know, John. It's okay. I feel the same way. It's a lot of paddling. <laughs> I was like, I, I paddled <laughs> that's when a I long was like 14, 15, 16, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? And it was it was quarter mile. Yeah. And as soon as it got to half mile, I'm like, wait, next is my okay. I'm out. I'm, out. I'm done. I cannot. Because I'd watch it, and it yeah. was. You know, I mean, granted, it's a different intensity of paddling when you're between, you know, going quarter mile. Yeah, and but going you were a steerer, so you don't have to paddle. You had a paddle while you steered. I thought you, you just drag it behind you. No, 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 no. You paddle. Well, if you, you want your if you want your canoe coming last, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I guess so. Yeah. When you surf, when you canoe surfing, then you, then you. Yeah. Don't. All the best steers yeah. been they're they're yeah. paddling hard. Yeah. Uh, paddling they, and correcting. Yeah, because they gotta down. correct, and then you gotta yeah, and you gotta push your guys too, mm-hmm. right? Like okay, now you gotta because we're not looking up. We're just <laughs> we're, yeah, yeah, like yeah. If, if you're looking up while you're paddling, you're not doing it right because you're just stroking the oh. waters. Oh yeah. At least on the spring. On the on the the like the Waikiki one was good fun because yeah you get to yeah. you get to catch surf waves. the wave yeah catch the wave oh but yeah the Waikiki regattas are always good fun yeah yeah we yeah, don't yeah. take the calls there though no yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah oh yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> maybe going bang yeah, 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 yeah. that's no, true yeah. I didn't even think about that yeah no calls in the waves so your daughter is in the same club yes yeah right? yeah 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 well she yeah. was was I don't, yeah. well I don't know if she's gonna paddle this mm-hmm. year but yeah yeah awesome we'll see we'll see okay. All right, Tom, okay, here we, we've come to this part of the podcast. Where we yeah. actually talk music. Yeah, we actually, so it's a technically a music channel. Okay. So we do have one music question. Go uh, for it. You. I love music questions. If, How much beats man. is it in Debbie Dev's <laughs> 12-inch single when I hear music? 127. Holy crap. Oh, it's not, a 16 beat, 16 beat intro and it goes into... Yeah. Dun, 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 dun. Incredible. What song is that? When, when I hear I music, music, Debbie Dev. 1987, I think. Yeah. It's too, it's too uh, yeah. old for you, bro. I'll play it for yeah. you after. This is going to be a tough one for you, though, this question. If you're stranded on a desert island for the rest of time... How many albums do I want to take with me? And you could only take three <la
eight and a half crates. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Only three albums now. So I'm going to cheat on this one a little bit, if you don't okay. mind. Yeah, you can cheat because everybody cheats on this question. Yeah. So one would be Songs of Freedom because it's a four disc set. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. You know, I, I, I tried looking for that online. They don't sell it anymore. No, no. I, I'll get your copy. Um, ooh. I've just been downloading like on my YouTube playlist all the obscure yeah. Bob songs. But you have... I would think you would have all of them by now. I, I didn't save my CDs. It, it, th- so then what happened was I loaded all my CDs into iTunes. Yeah. And then like I moved computers and whatever. So now my iTunes is in my Dropbox. Mm. And like I don't know how to re-import that into Apple Music now. It, it's I can't help you with all that. You know? There you go. Yeah, Look yeah, at yeah. that. Yeah. 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 So easy. Easy. Just takes time. It is what it is. So now I just have uh, my YouTube playlist and I just add things to that. So he filled up his whole thing with a four-box set right now. He's, he's good to go. <laughs> no, no, no. Let's see what else he got. Okay. Yeah, two more, uh, two no, more. It would probably be uh, a Bob Marley, probably one, one of the records. Um, I don't know which one. I'd have to go with, hmm, probably uh, Live at Hank's, Makaha oh, Sons. Oh, nice. Wow. Yeah, I mean, that's... Uh, it would be either be that or Kalapana. Those two for like a Hawaiian album. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> well, you're really cheating. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we just these two things together. <laughs> First pick, Makaha Sons. <laughs> and I got Bob Marley over here. And in the middle, um, oh gosh. It'd have to be a hip hop or alternative. I would probably go with... Ooh, Red Hot Chili Peppers. Oh. Whoa. Blood Sugar Sex Magic. Nice. <laughs> yeah. It's classic. Kyle's happy now. Yeah. Good choice. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Something like that, right? Yeah. That, that was good influences growing up. Yeah. I like it. Well, thanks, man. Thanks for coming in. I appreciate oh, thank it. Thank you, man. I appreciate you, it, guys. Andrews, did you see the Bob Marley movie yet? I did. I saw it the day it came well, out. John has a movie, movie review. I wanted to hear your quick assessment before I go see it. Um, I thought one thing that was touching was... I, I, uh, Ziggy got on before the movie and started and pretty much put a stamp of approval saying yeah. AI back up everything that you're going to see. It's like hundred percent what wow. happened. So I thought that was like, you're like, Oh, it kind of pulls you in. Like, okay, this is going to be not like just some remake or rendition. Right. I thought that was kind of cool. And then, um, I got a little bit emotional kind of towards the end because you kind of know, like they give you, you know, little tidbits of what's going to happen, you know, and I'm not going to ruin the ending or anything, but, um, yeah, you start to get emotional because you kind of know it's coming. Mm-hmm. And it was good. I mean, there's a lot of things I learned that I didn't know before. And I don't want to discuss any anything in the movie just no in spoilers, case anybody no hasn't spoilers. seen it. Yeah, yeah. But I, I thought it was pretty good. I thought it was really good. John said yeah. this. You liked it too, yeah? Yeah. I liked it. My, my, um, Your my one review only, is... My only critique about it was just that there was so... It was such a small portion of his... They, as someone who really loves the history and, and all that came with the guy. Mm-hmm. Like there was so much that was not there. So everything that was there was great. And I think for someone who does not know Bob Marley and just was, you know, watching the movie. You I get think interested in it and want to learn some, more. Yeah, but for someone who'd like, th- there was just a, a ton of his life that they just did not even touch. It'll probably be an eight hour movie. I know. Yeah. 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 I know. And, yeah, and the, sure. the part they did show, I thought, okay, that's, to me, was not the most interesting part of his life, but the what the part where he got shot or that but, wasn't the most interesting but, part. But uh, it's, 
Nah, it's not very spoilery, but but they start the movie there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then it goes on. Uh, they kind of do so like a Quentin Tarantino thing where they do like flashbacks. Yeah, they flashbacks do flashbacks. But, oh. but then the flashbacks yeah. like, like uh, I'll tell you, if, if you expect to f- learn about Peter Tosh and Bunny Whaler <laughs> in this movie, nah. not going to happen. They don't even, they're technically in the movie, but they're not spoken of. They're not. So that whole section of his life is just a flashback. Or well, two. I think too, because they probably trying to get the rights for that stuff. Cause yeah. Yeah. Right? I mean, there's a, there's you a bunch of, so, so again, I'm not, I'm not saying that 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 will take away from an average viewer's experience of the movie because it is a good movie. Like I especially like the acting, the yeah. the guy who played Bob Marley mm-hmm. and the guy who played uh, Rita Marley, very well done. The you know? guy who played me? Girl that played Rita Marley. Oh, sorry. I, I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But 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 as someone who knows a lot more, I, I was like, Oh, they kinda just brushed over that, they brushed over this and okay, I get it. Like, you know, it's a it's a very general you know, but what seeing in a theater, not on but, Netflix, but it's waiting what, for a thing. I think either way, but I I, w- I wanted to see it the first day. Well, you did, I, yeah, yeah. Oh, I right saw on. it that day that it came out. I was like, ah, oh, why not? Let's go. Yeah. So nice. yeah. So, so yeah, I, I would go see it. Okay. Yeah. No. Oh, by the way, go see Shogun. Hulu. Shogun. Oh, is it good? I saw. Yeah, I heard it's like a hundred percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. What's that? Huh? What is that? Shogun. Shogun, the the. The James Clavell novel. Oh, it's a miniseries. They did a new miniseries. Okay. It's ten. It's ten episodes. Uh, but the difference is, um, instead of it being about this white guy that lands in Japan and right, it's actually about all the stuff that's happening with the lords and all of that stuff. Mm-hmm. And then Blackthorn is sort of in there as well, sort of moving through it. Is the same? But he's not like the big white hero of the thing, which is something that they wanted to do. Is it's it, fascinating. Isn't the same actor from uh, the Last Samurai? Uh yes, yeah, yeah. He's actually um he was a producer, but he mm, plays yeah. uh, Tokunaga, who's the you know Toranaga, who's the the main uh, guy in the show, and just he has such gravitas when he comes on stage. You're like, oh shit, he's yeah, about yeah, to go yeah, down yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. But it's uh they and because it's not technically broadcast TV, there's you know the usual Japanese stuff. You know people committing seppuku and beheadings and people get naked and oh, oh, nice. check it out but the first two episodes yeah. are on hulu now actually okay. so you can watch okay. first two and then the other yeah i've heard only good things about it it was, yeah. it was so good and i mean it's the japanese characters speak japanese mm. and yeah, they have yeah. subtitles so if you don't oh. like subtitles you might have an issue but I, I just thought it was really well done it's just i'm i'm such a big fan of the the tv uh, the cbs one that you kind of go hey wait what happened oh oh wait oh oh okay it's not about because for for this one, it's not about Blackthorn. It's about Toronaga and you know Ishido and all of the uh, stuff that was happening inside the court stuff, which is cool. And Mariko and the women kick ass mm. instead of being there waiting for the men to come rescue them. Yeah, I want to see that. Yeah. yeah. yeah all cool. right. Well, thanks everybody. Kyle got to drive out to Kabale. Have fun. <laughs> Bye. Later. See you.